In B2B, if your marketing efforts don't resonate with ideal buyers, they flop. Let me share how you can hit a home run with yours. I'm Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com and host of the Top 100 B2B Marketing Podcast Business Growth Show. And if you haven't yet, check out my weekly emails where I share actionable B2B marketing, website and SEO tips, useful podcasts, giveaways and more. Why not give it a try over at businessgrowth.email. So I was invited onto the ABM Voice podcast. I share a bunch of tips around how to actually understand the main problems that your solution fixes, how to make sure your messaging resonates with ideal clients. I share some lesser known SEO and content marketing tips. I also give away my full podcasting account-based marketing strategy to interview target customers and build relationships and nurture prospects and how to build a qualified sales pipeline. With that, let's dive in. Sam, you mentioned that uh, you take an unusual approach uh, to marketing, content marketing specifically. Uh, Can you just dig a little deeper into that? Yeah, yeah. So I think, I suppose when it comes to B2B SEO, got a lot of people kind of think of SEO and they think kind of rankings, they think improving website traffic. You've only got to scroll on LinkedIn feed for a while and you'll probably see some marketer post a screenshot of their traffic increasing through SEO. And a lot of that's like BS, a lot of that's vanity. And most B2B companies, I I tend to work mainly with B2B service and tech companies, and most of those companies have a sales team. And ultimately, their main goal is to drive more qualified demo requests or consultation requests to their sales team. And if you're just getting a bunch of traffic from SEO that's not really converting into qualified meetings or demos, it's almost pointless. So where a lot of companies go wrong with SEO is they kind of target terms that are quite generic that might bring high levels of traffic, but the intent level of the end users, the end prospects that are actually coming to your site is often quite low. Um, So I like to get very niche, very specific when we work with businesses and really understand kind of things like who are the exact sector that you want to be working with? What are the types of companies, industries, um, decision makers you want to do business with? Really getting in from a customer level. What are the main juicy problems, the bleeding neck problems that your offer fixes What are the key questions that your target market are searching for answers for? How can we build out content for your website so you become the go-to sector, the go-to brand for your industry? So whenever a prospect at the top of the funnel has questions around your offer, whenever in the middle of the funnel someone's maybe comparing you versus an alternative vendor that you show up, or whenever someone's ready to buy right now searching directly for your solution or best X vendor, best I don't know, accountancy, CRM provider, et cetera. Whenever someone's searching directly, you show up. So really considering kind of what are your target market searching for when it comes to each level of the sales funnel and making sure your website is consistently giving the best answers, giving the best resources, giving the best information. Um, Because a lot of SEO really is about giving your prospects the answers that they're searching for in the best possible way um, and resonating with them. So especially since Google recently released EEAT, Experience, Expertise, Authority, Trust, they added the extra E to the front end. So it's it's a real big thing, and a lot of agencies neglect that. Right. It looks like uh, the cornerstone of of building uh, a great uh, content 
uh, seems to be finding those juicy problems. And uh, like when you pick up a client, how do you go about finding those juicy, meaty, complicated or like hair on fire kind of a problem? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, there's a bunch of ways that you can find out the problems that you fix. One of the best ways to do it is from your sales calls or customer success calls or customer support calls. Um, so if you don't run sales yourself, then you can tune into sales calls with tools like Gong or Chorus or Wingman or Clary, whatever you use. There's a bunch of tools out there, Firefly, etc. cetera. Um, or if you're the founder, perhaps you're a smaller business, you, you might run the calls yourself so you can do this. And what I usually suggest is to perhaps pick out a list um, of maybe your five top customers that you enjoy working with that fit your ideal client profile, that drive good revenue and that you get good results for. And then just ask them to either come on a podcast or ask them to run a quick interview with you, something similar, ideally over a recorded video call like this. And then ask them things like, when you first came to us, what was the, what was the main problem that you were facing or what was frustrating you at the point where you realized you had an issue that you needed to, to resolve? So perhaps if you provide some type of CRM, they might have said, well, we are using Google Sheets manually and it got got to the time space where it's taking like one hour two hours every week for our sales team and they're wasting time or perhaps we're manually moving data from x to y these kind of things and it was causing us prospect it was causing our sales team time which they could have been cold calling or cold emailing or linkedin outreaching etc um so that was kind of kind of tipping point where we realized our time was better spent on other tasks um and what you want to do is when you when you ask these questions around the problems they had you want to kind of make a note of it. If you've used cool recording software, that'll help you, or you want to make a note of those kind of things. But you also want to ask questions like, what was the tipping point where you realized it got too annoying um, that you had to had to fix it? Because um, again, you want to look for the common responses here, the ones that people bring up the most, and then leverage those. Um, and then you can also leverage these interviews for things like, what was it that actually made you reach out to us? because this is then going to be turned into more of a customer success story as well that you can use for testimonials, video reviews, and such. Um, so they might give you gold and things like, oh, we actually got recommended to you, or we saw your website and really liked the fact you had a case study on why, or that you were transparent on your website with your pricing and your case studies and your video reviews and all this. Um, and then you can ask, you can go on to ask things like, how do we help you fix the problem? What was the results that we achieved as a result of working together? And why would you recommend us? Um, but yeah, understanding what are ideally the top three main problems you fix. So if someone asks me, for example, what are the top three problems that we fix for businesses? I can recite them straight away. I can say, look, it might be that you're frustrated that competitors have had you on Google organic search to any traffic. The other one might be you're investing in ads or you're investing in SEO, but your website's failing to convert hard earned traffic into a steady flow of inbound. Or the third might be you're working with an agency, um, but you feel like they're not delivering on their promises or not getting you results. So in listening or running sales calls yourself, you're going to bump into a lot of the same problems and you'll notice that a lot of the people will have the similar kind of frustrations that they come to you with. So take note of those because these are going to be really useful for when you start creating content, be it written content, video content, so you can directly address these problems head on. Interesting. It, it looks like uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, overlap between what the marketing team does and what the sales team is uh, doing. So uh, how do you guys like, you know, what, what kind of process do you guys have to uh, 
uh, switch the learnings from sales uh, to marketing to success? And how do you how do you do that? How do you how do you circulate that information across uh, the three departments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this will probably annoy quite a lot of people, but I think a lot of marketers are scared um, because they just kind of get. Not all. There's some awesome marketers out there. A lot of them I've had on the podcast, but there's some that would never jump onto a sales call or too scared to frighten to, to speak to customers, just won't do some of this kind of detailed stuff that they actually need to do to create content that's going to resonate. Because um, if you're just putting out a ton of media, ton of blog posts, ton of videos, ton of podcast episodes, but they're not actually resonating with your prospects, i.e. they're not answering questions your prospects care about, they're not tackling problems head on your customers care about, or they're not giving a unique point of view on why you're different or your thoughts on the industry, then they're not really going to drive business results, i.e. inbound leads, demo requests, etc. So, yeah, marketers speaking to sales so they can get with their sales team. I mean, what I quite often, quite often suggest is maybe you meet up with your sales team once once a month, maybe have some beers, have some coffee, have some lunch, whatever. And then you can do that exercise that we just talked about. So you could thrash out like this month, what are the top, I don't know, top five or 10 questions that we've been asked on sales calls that keep coming up over and over again? Let's list them out. Likewise, what are the main frustrations, problems, issues? that people have let's thrash all a list of those out what is the impact that they're having on the business like what is what's that still like it's a problem but what kind of impact is have it is it having is the sales team becoming frustrated are they missing out on quarter two revenue targets are they having to fire people because this is such a big problem um are people's jobs on the line etc what are those impacts of um the thing that happening and what's the root cause um like what's initially causing this to happen and there, there is actually a really cool chart that you can build called a problem identification chart, which is taken from a book called Gap Selling by Keenan. And it's basically problem, impact of problem, and root cause. And if you list out those, it's a really good way of building it out together. Um, and then you can build content to attack those problems and questions head on. So whether that is blog articles, or maybe you start with the YouTube, maybe you start with a video, and then you transcribe that into a blog article. You cut that up into short form content like YouTube shorts, TikTok, et cetera. Um, and that's going to give you some really good searchable content, both for your website, YouTube. You can repurpose it for LinkedIn. Um, it's a really nice exercise for marketing and sales can work together on. Interesting. And uh, like, I mean, in this sense, like, you know, how do you how do you ensure that, you know, your your content is super aligned with the sales team? I understand that, you know, we're learning from the sales team. We are getting on a few calls. We're getting, we're going to have a few beers, understand their core problems and all. But is there also a way that, you know, you're also sharing with them that the messaging that you're putting out, uh, this is the messaging that you're putting out and this is resonating. This is not resonating. What do you think? Is that, is there a feedback mechanism uh, between ah, the sales and marketing team? In terms of actual messaging for like ads and website headlines and that kind of thing, you mean? Yep. 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 Yeah. 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 So, it's always a tricky one with messaging. Um, and I'd say I'm far from a messaging expert, but you've only got to go onto a few SaaS tech or similar companies' websites. You look at their homepage and you'll see things like a 360 all-in-one degree angle view of your customer lifetime uh, sizzle-dazzled like this. And it's like, well, I've just read your homepage. I've scrolled down for 10, 15 seconds and I still have no clue what you actually do how your solution is going to help me or what's in it for me or my business. And there's so many sites that do the same, like they're just using jargon. 
Um, and there's a classic line, if you confuse, you lose, which couldn't be more true for things like homepage headlines, landing page headlines, or advertisement, LinkedIn ads, headlines, etc. no matter what the format is. So using jargon that your customers don't actually say on a daily basis could be causing you a lot of problems, namely revenue, um, namely you won't, you won't resonate, you won't get the click through, um, you'll get a high bounce rate on your website, people will just jump off. So yeah, if you can use actual words that your customers say when they describe your offer or when they describe the problem that you that they have, when they describe your service, that's powerful because if, if they're regular words that they use, you know it's going to resonate. Or if you're maybe a startup and you're not sure, you can't go wrong with being crystal clear. Um, like I, I use simple words because I'm a simple guy. So I would rather say something like, I don't know, um, let's say you provide payroll, like frustrated payroll um, is taking eight hours a day, um, do it all in two clicks something like that that's just off the top of my head like literally says like you can do two clicks and run your entire payroll rather than doing it with google sheets something like that so rather than trying to sound clever trying to sound stupid start with a clear headline or offer um which could be the problem you fix or the value you bring or how you help people and then when you can start using the actual words that your prospects or customers use by doing those things we talked about earlier listening to calls talking to your sales team getting on customer success, success calls, et cetera. Uh, this is wonderful, Sam. I think like, you know, two, uh, two like super uh, points that you've mentioned here, like, you know, uh, use customers words uh, in your website copy. This is, this is amazing. And be clear, clear is better than uh, clever. I think uh, these two like hit the home, Always. Hit home the point. Yeah. tired of the competition stealing your potential clients and website traffic just because they rank higher than you on google for the main services or products you offer or maybe you're already investing in seo or marketing but your website's failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads or perhaps you already work with a web or seo agency but they're just not getting you the results they promised let's fix that Get in touch with us over at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mention the podcast and set up a call with Sam to see if we can help you with results today. Let's dig a little bit deeper into the content, right? Like, What kind of a content have you found uh, to be most useful to actually drive conversions? Uh, Maybe in the middle of the funnel, if someone's at the middle of the funnel or bottom of the funnel, uh, hmm. what kind of content has resonated the most, uh, especially in the B2B context? And uh, well, where have you found the most success? Yeah, I mean, generally, it's, it's quite a broad question, right? But I mean, typically, if we're talking converting prospects, that we want to talk about prospects that are in the market for your offer now. So people that are bottom of the funnel. So if we're talking from an SEO perspective, which is my game, um, that might be someone searching for, let's say you did provide some kind of payroll solution. I don't know, best payroll company or best payroll company for finance or best payroll company for finance uh, for small business. So understanding what your target market is searching for when they need your offer or they want to speak to sales today. You want to start with 
what's called capturing existing demand in the market, i.e. capturing those potential clients that are quite literally searching for your offer today. That doesn't always need to be SEO. Um, so SEO, you'd analyze kind of using tools like HRF, SEMrush, whatever. What are the high intent um, terms that people search when they need your offer in, your, in the niches that you serve? That could be long tail keywords like I just mentioned or shorter ones. Um, likewise, you could do the same to capture that, scoop that up with Google Ads. So if you're perhaps working on SEO in the background, Google Ads will be a faster route to market. You can get in front of people right away. Or that might be through review sites, which a lot of people neglect because review sites, aggregation sites show up so well on Google. I can see you're nodding your head, so you probably agree. Um, so things like yeah. G2, Capterra, um, Clutch, there's a bunch of them. They're, those sites are annoying, man, because they rank so well because they have so much content on them. They're often like top three in the organic search results. So you can pay to get a sponsored listings on those sites and then making sure then you've got relevant landing pages for those search queries that match the user intent, i.e. talk about the problem you fix quickly that's relevant to that search query. Um, talk about kind of how you're going to help them relevant to that offer. Maybe share some case studies, maybe answer some common questions that you get around the offer handle the object objections that you commonly get around that offer within the copy, maybe share some qualification points, maybe the pricing and then social proof testimonials, video reviews, and then clear next step, call to actions, book a demo, request a call, whatever call to action is relevant. Interesting. I think uh, like, I mean, uh, I completely agree with you on the review sites. I've, I've been on like about 10 calls and I think uh, I've asked at least the, uh, the customers. I mean, this is the sales calls. And I think uh, eight out of 10 times the prospect has, check you out on G2 or Captera, uh, like in, in one way or the other. I mean, it might be the first step, it might be the third, fourth, or fifth step, but I think it's definitely there. They want to know if someone's already using you. They want to know if you're trustworthy or not. And I think mm -hmm. uh, you hit the home, uh, you hit that point home. All right. And uh, so let me let me just shift the gears a little bit. I think, uh, we, we, so we, we are an ABM company and uh, I want to like understand your take on personalization and uh, your take on taking a few accounts and they're just going very specifically after them. Like, uh, what do you think about this? And like, what has been your experience on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ABM, I can tell you my take on ABM because I'm I'm a bit of a noob on ABM to be upfront. Like I say, my game is I'm general B2B marketer and I do a lot around SEO and websites. Um, that said, I do run a ABM strategy that people can steal it's very simple and very straightforward which is so with my podcast business growth show um when i started the podcast say three years or so ago i literally did it for my own learning so i just interviewed entrepreneurs kind of sales leaders marketing leaders that i just wanted to learn from and steal ideas which was fine um it was it was an interesting interview but it didn't really drive any revenue for our business then about a year, year and a half in, I thought I better start taking this seriously. And I actually wanted to drive qualified pipeline for our company. So I made a list of target accounts, like funded SaaS companies, funded tech companies, service companies, listed down um, kind of who was their marketing leader, who was their VP of marketing, CMO, et cetera. And then um, started reaching out to them on LinkedIn and say, look, I run a top 100 B2B marketing podcast. Would you be against a conversation on, on the show? Here's some recent guests. Is it worth a chat? 99% of those people said yes. Um, so that was warm conversations with ideal clients. We had a great conversation on the show. Um, I, Because I've been doing the show a lot, I'm not afraid to challenge them and question them on their area of expertise. We give a 
a great show for our audience. We then repurpose it for LinkedIn, YouTube, audio podcast, our email list, all kinds of different um, media formats. We make a blog article on it. We promote the hell out of it and give them a guest kit on finish. And then we'll just keep in touch. We'll say, look, we'll, how we, how you find, in our case, we, we might drop in that, look, we, we help a lot of similar folks with uh, perhaps struggling with organic search to make organic SEO a top revenue driver. Just curious what you're doing in your organization to make that happen. And they might say they're all covered for now, or we might keep in touch on LinkedIn. And then when they're ready, they'll reach out to me. So that is a, a, a technique that you can quite literally steal from me. And it's, it's pretty much free of charge. It'll only take your time. I'm going to ask you one. I'm going to repeat the question. Did you just say 99% of them replied? Did you just say that? No, 99% of the people that I asked roughly would, um, would say yes. Man, that's some amazing number out there. I haven't seen that kind of a conversion rate like, like in forever. I've, I've, I've never heard anybody say something like that. And I think uh, that's amazing uh, that, you know, you... It's because most outreach for... I don't know if you get many requests for this podcast. I imagine you do for guests and speakers. And so do we. Like We get like one or two people who ask us to come on our show every day. But most of the outreach emails are awful. Like they're literally like a wall of text talking about how great the speaker is. Whereas when I do an outreach request, it's usually on LinkedIn and it's painfully short. It's like one line. It's like um, literally like say the name was Steve. Like Steve, um, been enjoying your content on X. I uh, would love to have you uh, on my top 100 B2B marketing podcast. Are you against the conversation? Painfully short request. Nearly always gets accept- accepted. And then if they don't respond, I might just nudge them and say, like, here's a link. Um, we recently had this person on that they might know, and then they'll probably either say, kind of, yes, let's do it, or the odd person will say no. I, I'm going to steal that uh, for our podcast outreach. I mean, I'm going to steal this exact strategy. Um, like, I, I'm do it, man. Of, like, how you're doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah do it. Okay. So, I mean, uh, let, let's shift gear a little bit, and I think let's talk about, like, you know, what everyone's talking about today. I think the past six months, I think everybody's saying, that, hey, SEO is dead. AI is here. The search generative experience is here. Uh, the chat version of uh, the search is here. Uh, what's your take on this? Everything's dead. According to LinkedIn, SEO is dead. Cold calling's dead. ABM's dead. Demand gen's dead. Paid search is dead. Review sites. I don't know if anything's still alive, according to LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> but no, okay. I mean, in, all, in all seriousness, yeah, I mean, usually when I see posts or videos, it's usually when someone says something's dead, they want to push their own agenda. So someone might say, SEO's dead, but demand gen is like alive and well, and this is why you need to invest everything into building demand as opposed to capturing it with SEO. And it's like, well, AI, I think AI is going to change a lot of things for the better. So for example, like Google are rolling out things like perspectives, they said in the next couple of weeks. So instead, if you have a question, i.e., I don't know, how do I get ripped? How do I get a six-pack? Or how do I lose weight in this amount of time? Or what are the right foods to eat for this? Um, all those kind of questions. Or how, how do I create a blog post that generates kind of real demo requests? I don't know, something like that. Instead of just traditionally having to type in that search query, then trawl through maybe three or four articles on the first page, you might get, you click the perspective tabs, and then you might get things like video results or shorts, video shorts, or Reddit threads or forum threads. So I think that kind of introduction is going to be really useful because people can get relevant content that answers their query fast. Um, in terms of the AI search results, I don't think anyone knows exactly how that's going to look, but that is going to be interesting. I'm just hoping that it doesn't take up too much of the uh, the top fold 
but we shall see. I think a lot of it is going to impact what kind of more, let's say, information searches, i.e. people early in the funnel that are searching for questions or problems, etc., um, which would probably be a good thing. So it gives them kind of an automated response where they don't have to click through a site and then maybe two or three articles on the right-hand side that give more detail and then the traditional results underneath. So I think that's going to be good. From what I understand so far, kind of higher intent searches that we talked about earlier, i.e. when someone's searching for a specific solution, a specific company or a specific offer in a, in a niche, then um, I don't think they're going to be impacted impact quite so much. And naturally, Google aren't going to want to give up their advertisement space. Um, they're not going to want to give it all to AI, so there'll still be some space for organic results. It just means that you're going to have to fight harder with the content that you put out to make sure it generally is written by people with hands-on expertise and experience in the subject matter and it also gives people the answers and information and kind of serves them with what they need quickly and builds trust with them. So I think the, the, the content game is going to need to be stepped up a lot. So, you, you, I mean, let, let me connect the two things that you just said, right? Like, you know, one thing is, I mean, you have to up your content game. The other thing that you just mentioned is like, you know, you repurpose the hell out of any content that comes in. Like, how do you see these two coming together and playing out? Like, and, and do you have uh, like a playbook for content repurposing that this audience can actually go ahead and steal? Sure. You can just take mine. Um, okay. So I, I do a bunch of weird things, but most of the time I do a lot of what I said earlier in this recording. So if I get questions on sales calls that I think other people are going to have or that I haven't heard before or that I get quite a lot, I just go on my iPhone notes app, just write it down there. Um, if I get a problem that someone's facing, um, again, I write that down on my iPhone notes app. Um, if I interview a marketer and they've kind of raised something interesting, I'll do the same. Um, if I discover something in my own learnings, i.e. like today we recently got kind of one of our competitive pages, kind of top three organic search. Um, I wrote a, a, a blog about that. Um, so basically anything that happens to me on sales calls, learnings, etc., I usually write down on my notes app. And then quite a lot of the time I'll first... If it's got enough depth behind it, I'll record a solo episode from a podcast um, just as a video. Then I will put that out on the audio podcast as well. Then I will chop that up into a bunch of YouTube shorts. Um, and then that can also be transcribed into a blog article. That blog article, you can then take the kind of interesting paragraphs out of it and repurpose those into a LinkedIn post. Just make sure they're well spaced out. You've got a good hook, i.e. the first line, first two lines of the post to actually make people click read more. Um, so that alone is what, maybe five or so, six or so different ways um, to kind of think up content ideas and then repurpose them. And that's quite fairly straightforward. There's even a tool called Opus AI, which is really cool where you can just paste your YouTube links and it cuts up YouTube shorts for you. It's quite nice. Just seeing that. Got it. We'll make an order that. And so, so the last question, uh, Sam, I think uh, like if someone's was, someone was just starting uh, in B2B marketing, like, you know, what, what advice would you give them? And I know, hey, this is how you should go about thinking about B2B marketing. This is how like, you go about building a career in B2B marketing. Like, and what, what kind of advice uh, would that be? There's a lot. Um, 
but it's it's tough to do one thing. I think one thing I've probably got a couple pieces of advice. One is think like the CEO. I you want to you want everything you do. You want to prioritize your tasks on what's going to drive revenue. Always think to yourself: Will this actually positively impact revenue? Um, and that's how you should prioritize the work you do. Then you want to, if you want to kind of really learn B2B marketing, run your own experiments. So you might think, yeah, I can just get up, get by being a marketing exec to start with. Maybe you start out as a marketing exec or a sales exec in a company. You think you can kind of tip on by and get to where you wanted by just doing your nine to five. Or no, the, the, the reason I got kind of some kind of progress, I'm not saying it's been that far yet, is did a lot of stuff outside of that. So listen to industry relevant podcasts, um, read a bunch of books, sales, marketing, entrepreneurship, started my own podcast. Starting your own podcast is literally a university life hack. It will save you 20 grand on university fees and you can literally just invite people that you want to learn from and steal everything they know and gain your own audience at the same time. Um, but yeah, that experiment, your own marketing side experiment could be you start your own blog article, it could be start your own website, you start your own e-com store. Um, I don't know, you start a gum road guide on something you're passionate and have some expertise on that others might want to know or you start a youtube channel just something you can start on the side that's going to give you hands-on experience which is going to look good on your cv it's going to be something that you can experiment with it's going to build on your own learnings um that is probably one of the best ways to grow the, the reason I asked that question, Sam, is that I saw that, you know, you grew from uh, a business development executive in the same company to now a co-owner. Like, how did that even happen? Like, Oh, yeah. Don't don't follow the, my route. I've, <laughs> I've actually, I think that was about 12 or 13 years ago where I started a web choice. And then I think I came and left the company maybe three times because I was doing sales. I was doing marketing and I was young. Like I was a young kid. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Had a bunch of jobs in between. And then eventually came back, say, four or five years ago and then realized that I actually wanted to make a good career out of it. So that's when I started doing those things, like I said, like listening to podcasts, reading books, started my own podcast and kind of built up my own education in the field. And then thought, well, let's ramp, as we ramp up monthly recurring revenue for the business, as we onboard more website and SEO clients, I want to become kind of a bigger part of this. So bought in as a founder and here we are today. It's the short story. We would have loved to uh, uh, go a little bit deeper, but uh, thanks uh, for everything that you've shared with us, uh, Sam. I think I'm going to steal a few snippets out of this. I'm definitely going to uh, like rip off a couple of frameworks and I think use it for our own uh, business. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, if there is anything else that you want to add to our audience, uh, please feel free to go ahead and uh, like share. No, I mean, that that's pretty much it. If you're on LinkedIn, just connect with me, Sam Dunning there. I share website and SEO and B2B marketing tips daily. Um, if you want more free advice, then check out my podcast, Business Growth Show. Or if anything that you've heard, you are a bit frustrated with, i.e. competitors are above you on Google Organic Search, whenever people search for your offer, or your website's not converting a steady stream of demo requests or calls for the sales team, then we might be able to help. Our site is webchoiceuk.com. And there you have it. I hope you found this episode of use. As always, if you did, a quick subscribe on YouTube or rating and review on your podcast channel is appreciated. And with that, I'll catch you on the next one. Cheers.